Blog Talk Radio. This is Creativity and Play. I'm Steve Goldberg. And I'm Mary Alice Long. You can find us online and be notified of future shows at creativityandplay.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Creativity Play. And download archived editions on iTunes. Our guest today on Creativity and Play is Sean Sweeney, National Director of Youth Outreach and Engagement at the Jane Goodall Institute. Sean is also a graduate of the Institute for Humane Education, where he focused on inquiry and systems change and social issues. We'll also get a preview from Sean of the Educating for a Just, Peaceful, and Sustainable Future Humane Education Conference coming up in New York City on September 21st, which is the UN International Day of Peace. Keynotes at that event include Dr. Jane Goodall, Arun Gandhi, and Zoe Wild. Sean and I will also co-lead a Creativity and Humane Education workshop at this conference. Sean Sweeney, welcome to Creativity and Play. Hi there, thanks for having me. Well, it's great to uh, have you on to talk about all these topics. I know we've uh, talked about doing this for quite some time, and uh, I'm glad that the uh, conference coming up is an uh, opportunity for us to talk about that. But before we get into the conference, totally. let's, talk, let's talk about this theme we raised, humane education. People might not be familiar with what that means exactly, so can, can we start by talking about what is it? Sure. So humane education is a school of thought, a way of thinking about how we approach education and really on thinking around bringing young people into learning about becoming solutionaries, what we call solutionaries, individuals who have the tools and resources and motivation to be conscientious change makers and um, leaders for social justice, um, environmental protection, and animal welfare in their communities and around the world. And one of the uh, taglines that I love so much that the Institute for Humane Education uses and talks about is the world becomes what you teach. Can you elaborate a little bit on what that means and how that plays out in the concepts you just described? Sure. So, you know, it's a, it's a really profound statement when you really think about it. So the world becomes what you teach. In classrooms, we have the ability to bring so many different things to young people and uh, really help shape their outlook on the world and their engagement in the world. And uh, it's an environment that's invaluable to us in making sure that they have an educational experience that's valuable, that really helps them feel uh, confident in their ability to be change makers and to address our world our world challenges. And if we're not if we're not bringing that to them in um, the classroom, then you know, we're really missing out on a huge opportunity there. So it's an incredible place for us to promote these um, these ideals and, as I said, really help young people feel confident in their abilities to be successful change makers. 
Sean. <clears throat> this is Mary Alice. Hi. I hi, um, hi. I was very I'm very excited about talking with you and um I've been looking at the conference and the Humane Education website and I listened or watched uh, Zoe's, one of Zoe's presentations with the TED Talk that she did. Mm-hmm. And all of that made me super excited and also super nervous because <laughs> there's just so much territory that um, looks like Humane Education uh, gets into and influences in those areas you just mentioned, education and human rights and animal protection and environment and culture. That's a lot. So how can we, um, in, could you just talk about a couple of different ways that you've seen about how to make choices, in my language, playful choices, that we can do good for ourselves but all, and also for other people, animals and, and the environment and the where we live, um, where we sit in the world. So I think that one of the things that I love about humane education is that even though it does seem very expansive, humane education gives us a framework where we can put everything in context that makes it less scary. Um, you know, when it when we look at it in a you know a big jumble, that is when it feels the most overwhelming. And when we look at it through the lens of humane education, we see it all as one big system that you know we can play a huge role in influencing. And um, I'm really glad to hear that you um, were able to watch one of those TEDx presentations because. She has one on a concept that uh, I should mention. Zoe Weil is the founder of the Institute for Humane Education and is and is known for uh, really um, pioneering the the humane education movement, the comprehensive humane education movement. Um, and uh, Zoe Zoe has several TEDx talks. Um, one uh, that you might want to check out is on. Um, the concept that she um, divides most good, least harm, or MOGO for short. And the whole idea of MOGO is that we are um, living our lives according to our values, and that is um, really examining how we live our lives and what our values are and uh, comparing them with each other to see if we really are living our lives according to our values. And I think that, you know, this is a concept to your question is really important because it's a way where we see in our, in our own individual life how we can play a role in tackling some of these really big issues. Um, and then as humane educators, a way that we can model to our students how they can do the same thing in their own lives. So, you know, though the expansiveness is really big. Um, you know, it's really, you know, we have a big emphasis on um, our own individual role in all of all of these issues and a real focus on what we can do as individuals to address those issues. I also think another thing that I want to point out is that we look at these big issues 
other because when we look at them independently, they're very siloed. And when we look at them together holistically, we see that they are there are a lot of interconnections between the issues. So when we're thinking about change making and when we're thinking about ways that we can address systems that perpetuate these big world issues, um, it's going to be the best outcome all around if we can look at them across the board and come up with solutions that are cross-cutting as well. So that's the other reason why we have it as this big expansive thing where we're looking at all of these different issues versus just um, them individual. And I think it was also important what, what I heard in Zoe's talk was that you're in the efforts that you're making, um, you're also you're using your head, you're using your tools, and you're using your heart, which I think is mm-hmm. so important to bring out. Absolutely. And and the work is multifaceted in that also in that there's people all over looks like all over the world doing this kind of education and teaching in many different places, different nonprofits and schools in their communities. Is that right? Yeah, we have um, a program through the Institute for Humane Education. I'm actually a graduate of the program. And uh, so we we do professional development at, you know, through a training program. We also have online courses and a graduate certificate and workshops that Zoe does. Many of us um, alumni do that around the world. So uh, we're, we have a number of uh, humane educators that are out there developing their own programs and implementing them all over the world. So can you say a little bit more about the Institute itself and, and particularly the master's program as you just said you're a graduate of that because the, the program both content-wise but also format-wise is, is different than a lot of other graduate programs and I suspect a lot of people who listen to our show are people that are interested in alternative approaches to education and creative approaches to education and, and I think what the Institute for Humane Education is doing is, is one great example of, of alternative and creative. So can you say a little bit, like, what is different about it, um, having personally experienced it yourself, and, and what, what did you do in your own work there uh, around engaging uh, learners in, in community change that they care about? It is, it is, it was totally the program I can say that for sure. I really wanted to do grad school. Um, and as you mentioned, Steve, when you were introducing me, I work full-time for the Jane Goodall Institute, and I've been here since 2007. And I wanted to continue my full-time work, but I also knew that I wanted to go to grad school as well. So the program with the Institute was right up my alley in terms of giving me a uh, body of knowledge that I wanted to learn and skills that I wanted to learn that I could also do while I was continuing to work. Um, I should mention that most of the students do not work full-time while they're in the program, but um, it was one where I could work full-time and, and do the program. So um, it's program is the – we work with Valparaiso University. They're the 
affiliated um, university that confers the degree. The institute runs the programs. Um, it's all online. You work uh, collaboratively with uh, one of the members of the IHE faculty, and they will um, work with you throughout each semester to read and uh, view and participate in a lot of different activities um, and books and articles and, and videos and respond to different uh, essays and uh, participate in Google Hangout salons where you can uh, talk with other uh, classmates who are all over the, the country and the world. Um, the, the courses are uh, based on the, the topics that um, Humane Education covers. So there's an introduction to Humane Education class, and then there's a class on animal protection, environmental ethics, and human rights. There's also a course on um, culture and change. It talks about examples of uh, change making that's happened and um, times when face challenge in making change and uh, times when people have been really successful and looking at what it takes to, to be successful change makers. So um, there's also the, the master's program has a uh, research requirement and uh, project. So for my capstone project, I, I wrote a course guide for a university course in humane education that incorporated an organizational theory process called appreciative inquiry as well as service learning. So it was, it was uh, taking humane education into the university classroom. So that was uh, my uh, big project, and projects range from people doing curriculum design projects to doing research to producing creative work. So there's really a lot of latitude for students to identify a project that is really going to be meaningful for them, as well as for the field of humane education. So. Um, I, uh, as I mentioned before, it's it's an incredible program, definitely the one for me. And you know, as you mentioned, Steve, I think there are a lot of people that are looking for programs like this, um, especially for where they can do it while they're working, or you know, be able to access other students who are interested in the same kinds of things all over the world. So. The, as I mentioned before, too, the Institute also has online courses, uh, one called Teaching for a Positive Future. We actually have our next course starting on July 8th, uh, if anyone is interested in that. And then there's also another one called um, A Better World, Meaning Life, and that one is focused on MOGO, so the, the MOGO principle. We teach those two online courses, and folks can register for those on uh, website humaneeducation.org. So if you're not if you don't want to dive into the graduate program, we do have those online courses and they're a great value and a great way to uh, get a taste of humane education. I think another way, Sean, for people to get a taste of what 
uh, humane education might be about is um, stories of former students. I was uh, reading through just one of the stories on the website um, about a former student in the program in Spokane, Washington, in my state. And mm-hmm. it looks like she's doing some great work. Um, and she shared her she shares her story there. And there's lots of other stories. I wondered if you could share a couple other. You know, you shared a bit about your story. Could you share about a couple other students that you might, or former students, people who are out there actively working and what they're doing, so people can get a, an idea through those kind of real actions that are out there. Yeah, totally. So um, we have humane educators working in all kinds of uh, places. Um, one of my uh, close friends, Lisa Forsley, it works for the Detroit Zoo as their humane educator, and, and they have a great program there where they uh, do humane education for zoo goers, and they, the, I believe, they're the only zoo in the country that's also certified uh, wildlife rehabilitation center. So they have a really amazing collection of animals that um, have had all different kinds of experiences. Um, they've, some have come from entertainment, some have come from um, all over the place. So um, Lisa has a great opportunity to talk about um, all different kinds of issues related to animals uh, using humane education at the zoo in a very public setting. So uh, I love her work and and what she does. She also does quite a bit of outreach into the community uh, with communication as well. And they have a humane education lab at the zoo itself. So um, Mm. pretty interesting setup Mm -hmm. there. So so that's Lisa's work. Several of our students were for an organization called HEART, uh, Humane Education Advocates Reaching Teachers. And HEART has chapters all over the country. Uh, I would, I'm guessing their biggest program is in New York City. Uh, and one of our first graduates of the um, Institute for Humane Education program, um, Kim Corona, she works there in New York City. And she that's professional development trainings and humane education for New York City educators, uh, as well as after-school programs for um, young students. And the interesting thing about New York is that they actually have a mandate for humane education there. So uh, HART is able to use that to be able to get their programs into the schools. So... Speaking of heart, is a nice yeah. segue, I think, to talk about sure. the conference a little more because I know they're one of your main partners and uh, along with the Institute for Humane Education and um, Jane Goodall yeah. Institute. Um, again, as we mentioned in the opening, the conference is called Educating for a Just, Peaceful, and Sustainable Future and is coming up on the International Day of Peace, which is September 21st, and it will be in New York City. And uh, you, you're part of the uh, organizing committee of it, but also involved in the program itself. Can you tell us a little more? I know you, you've given us some examples of Zoe's work and, and some of the heart people. Um, 
uh, obviously Jane Goodall will be a keynote there, and you work with her uh, in your day-to-day life, which I imagine is probably one of the greatest jobs one could have. Um, so what, what will she be talking about in the other keynote, um, who is uh, Gandhi's um, grandson and also runs the Gandhi um, uh, Education Institute, I believe? Uh, Gandhi Worldwide Education Institute. What will they be speaking about, first of all, to kind of kick it off, and then what other kind of breakouts and topics will be covered during this day-long conference in September? I think that for for several years, organizations, the Institute for Humane Education, HART, and JGI have been really eager to host a truly comprehensive conference on humane education, and we've invited a variety of speakers to give their perspective on humane education and what it looks like in the world. So Arun Gandhi uh, and, and all of the speakers will be speaking from their own personal perspective of their vision for humane education and how they've seen it implemented in their own work. So uh, Arun Gandhi's uh, institute is very focused on nonviolence and nonviolence education. So he'll be speaking on that. And each of us who are speaking at the conference will all be speaking sort of through our own on humane education and how we're advancing it in our own ways. So, And, and who's the conference geared toward? Who, who should uh, take a look and consider coming to it? We're, we really want to fill it with educators. Um, but not limited to educators either. We realize that if we want humane education to be successful and also for us to be making some significant changes in the education realm in general, it takes more than, you know, just educators. So um, they're definitely at the forefront, but we need administrators, we need students, we need public officials. So, so I think the primary audience is educators. It's really open to anyone who's interested in advancing education and especially education around the world. Yeah. So, Sean, what you know, when I was listening to uh, Zoe speak, and you just mentioned about. Each person at the conference will be speaking to their own vision of what sustainable future is, looks like. I wonder if you could share with us what your vision is of a sustainable future. What does that look like in your mind's eye or your your imagination? What's the big picture? Yeah, for I you? think I think you know it's funny because in one of those TEDx talks, she talks about the vision that. Was in Star Trek, uh, where we had eliminated all war, all poverty, all disease, and I really like this idea of thinking about thinking along those lines of what you know what our future could be like, and you know we make a joke of about being Trekkies, but you know it's it's true that that world that was created there was a really positive one, and. Um, when I think about it, when I think about what the what that world will look like, it's one where everyone realizes that 
they can play a role in making this world a better place and that they have tools at their fingertips that they can use to do that. So we all have a responsibility to taking care of this planet, care of each other and all the species that we share it with. And, you know, the world that I see is one where we all recognize that responsibility and uh, become committed to it. And she also, Zoe also brought up an example of when the classroom, when classroom she was in a, in a student who was, I guess you could say somewhat problematic for her. And um, But when she came to the exercise at the end, I guess, where she, she asked for them to go into their imagination and to call up their, what they saw in the future, what, what that looked like. And one of the, the students that she thought was just pretty quiet and wasn't really taking part brought up um, his his vision of ocean and went on to do some remarkable things. Mm-hmm. So I, I can see where, and I'm glad to see, where imagination, playing creativity really um, can play a part in creating a sustainable future and in education and in, in all walks of life all over the world, don't you think? Yeah, I think it's I think it's really important that we can't have that vision in our heads, then we have you know, we have no way of knowing where we're going or what we're working toward. So with humane education and the work that we do, that's one of the things that we call people to think about and and then learn the tools that they can use to advance towards that that vision that they're thinking about. You know, remaining couple minutes we have here, I, I, I don't want to leave you without talking about the Roots and Shoots program, which you've worked with for a long time, which is part of the Jane Goodall Institute, and another great example of, of the mm-hmm. kinds of humane education programs we're talking about. Uh, tell us a little bit about that and, and how people can get involved, uh, whether they're working with kids or adults in communities in the Roots and Shoots program. Sure. The Root and Shoots program is the global environmental and humanitarian program that Dr. Goodall started uh, back in 1991 with a group of Tanzanian students. And around that time, Dr. Goodall was doing a lot of travel around the world and uh, learning more and more about the state of, uh, you know, our world environment and seeing a number of young people who felt like their future had fallen from them. And she wanted to create a program where she could really help young people understand that that is not the case. They can play a role and they can make this work for themselves and for future generations to come. So the that's where the Roots and Shoots program came from. We have folks who are helping us advance Roots and Shoots in over 130 countries around the world. Uh, the program is is pretty simple. It's it's intended to be very flexible and involve a lot of creativity. It's part of how we've been able to get into so many different um, different places around the world. The what we do is help young people take a look at their communities and uh, see what resources there are for people, animals, and the environment and where there are holes and where there where they could play a role in making communities better for people, animals and the environment. And then from 
Now we work with them to, once they've identified uh, what they want to work on, we work with them to develop service learning campaigns that address those needs community that they've identified in their community. So it's intended to be very holistic, uh, where we're, again, looking across people, animal, and environment, uh, so we can come up with cross-cutting solutions, if at all possible. It's intended to really guide students through a critical look at their communities and, and identifying really genuine needs. Um, but then leave the creative part up to them in, ter in terms of deciding how to uh, develop a uh, response to whatever that need is. So it's all very youth-led and youth-driven and intended to help them feel empowered to, uh, to take control of these issues that they see every day in their communities and do something about and hopefully really cement in them an ethic of continuing to do that, you know, throughout the rest of their life, with their families, and, and even into their career. I was really sure. um, excited and proud to see a few students, uh, three students, all graduate from Stanford University this year, and they're all going into conservation careers. So we've been working with them for many years. So Wonderful. Thanks, Thanks very much for telling us about both Roots and Shoots as well as uh, the humane education work across several different areas and for joining us today on Creativity and Play. Sean Sweeney is the National Director of Youth Outreach and Engagement at the Jane Goodall Institute and will be at the Educating for a Just, Peaceful, and Sustainable Future Humane Education Conference in New York City on the UN International Day of Peace on September 21st, along with Dr. Jane Goodall, Arun Gandhi, and for a while, our theme music is Kindergarten, composed and performed by Jonathan Batiste. You can listen to this show and previous shows again and find more information about our guests and sign up to be notified about coming shows at creativityandplay.com and find Creativity and Play on Twitter, Facebook, and iTunes as well. Creativity and Play is a production of the International Center for Creativity and Imagination in partnership with the National Creativity Network. I'm Steve Dahlberg. And I'm Mary Alice Long. Thank you, Sean, for being with us today.